Good morning. Good morning. How about you? Well, one day we all will bow down, bend our knee before God the Father and the Lord Jesus and acknowledge Him and we'll see each other. We're just, what a wonderful time that's going to be when we bow down and confess that He is Lord together. Praise God for that. Uh, let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each one here today. I want to thank you, Father, for this time in your word. And I want to thank you, Father, for the things that you are doing and will continue to do in each of our hearts and lives. And I pray, Father, please, that you just help us to go more and more and more in love with you. That as we know you, learn of you, experience you, that our love will just be deeper, broader, and stronger, and that it will be obviously demonstrate it through our actions father for you've made it plain father that if we love god we obey god and obeying god is not a, a not a strap it's not a it's not a confinement it's a freedom because in obedience to christ we find freedom in jesus we find freedom in your power and in your might and in the newness of life that you give us and i thank you and praise you for that help us to embrace you more and more that way every day we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So today's our final message in our Prayers of the Apostles series. Okay? And it's called One Accord. I can't always, I can, you know, Paul said we should be in one accord, and I didn't know they had Hondas back then. But that's my corny, corny, corny joke. Okay, but I got it. I didn't, I didn't go, oh, I forgot how that went, because I do that all the time. <laughs> so anyways... We're going to talk about prayer, a prayer today that shook everyone up. I love that. I mean, we should be, at least let me reword that. I love it when God shakes our spirit up in him. Now, we might take that as a connotation of being a negative, but no, I mean as far as an awakening, a shaking up, a reality, a newness, a freshness, an enlightenment, all those type of things in the power of God. So we're going to look at that this morning. The apostles Peter and John had been boldly witnessing in Jerusalem, praise God. They're, I mean, they're just fishermen. They're out there praying. They're preaching Jesus. That's what they're doing. And, and they were being bold in Christ. The religious leaders were marveling at how these uneducated men were able to preach, teach, share, and do miracles. You know, as we learn the principles of God's word and apply it to our lives, and as we live that out and communicate that with others that we know, others might say, gee, you know, that's a bit of wisdom that surprised me that came out of that person. It's because God is teaching us his wisdom, his values, his principles. And so we can be in that same situation as these apostles where you know they're uneducated you know in the world's eyes but how can you be speaking such profound deep things because we've been with jesus <laughs> right and so praise god for that those religious leaders recognize that their abilities could only come from jesus that's a testimony that i would pray would be known for each of our lives that people would see jesus in us that the the wisdom and the knowledge and the the life that we live that people would be able to go lost people because these are lost people these religious leaders would recognize oh they must have been with jesus because their conduct is showing that and that's what we should be looking like where people go i know you're a christian you know, and we have to take that however that comes, right? 
It can come with an acknowledgement of wow, and it can come with a, an acknowledgement of pow, <laughs> right? But we need to be willing to just stand and walk as God would have us to. They pulled Peter and John into their council, these religious rulers, and commanded them not to speak or teach about Jesus anymore. You know, I, that's a challenge. Now, I don't say it's a challenge that's crippling. I say it's a challenge to how can I work around that one, <laughs> right? How can I, if I'm told not to talk about Jesus, I'm going to pray that God shows me how to do it anyway. That's something that's as a, a privilege. And God can show us how to stand for him even when we're told not to and stand in an effective way. Here they're commanded by the religious leaders of the day not to teach or preach about Jesus. First of all, we're all human beings. We all have a right. And they had a right to stand up for God. And no human being had a right to tell them not to. And we can take that stand, but also we're ambassadors of Christ, we're representatives of him, we're his children, and we're commissioned and called to stand for Jesus. Peter and John, when they were released, they went back to the other disciples and the apostles. Let's look what happened next in Acts 4, 23 and 24. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Praise God. Praise God. Let's all say that. Let's just say it. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. We're acknowledging Jesus as our creator and God as our creator. We're not ashamed of that. We're not going to pull back from that, right? But the world will, obviously. The apostles committed to witnessing for Jesus, led, which led to an attack by the enemy. We talked about that before. When we are, when we are uh, attacks don't have to be, um, they, they come face on, directly in your face, and they come around the side, and they come around the back, and they come from underneath, right? They're always, they can be subtle and they can be direct, is my point. But we do have attacks. We do have the enemy fighting against us to keep us from being involved or keep us from being the people that he wants us to be or speaking out as God would have us to. Whatever the case may be, Satan will try to interfere with the, what God's plan is for us. We need to remember that, and we need to be wise to that. What was the first things that the apostles did after they were told? Obviously, they went back to their, their uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, told them what happened. But after that, what did they do, right? They sought other Christians to pray, and they prayed in unity together. So after they were released, they went with the brothers and sisters in Christ, they told them what happened, they prayed together, they were unified together. We need that unity in the body of believers. We need to have a oneness of mind, spirit, and truth in Jesus Christ. So like the apostles, we need to seek others and pray for unity, pray in unity or one accord, especially when the enemy attacks. You know, when there's something really, I was thinking about this obviously, but I'm thinking, when do we pray the most in accord? In other words, when do we pray together in unity the most? And it's usually under the, uh, the challenge or the attacks, okay? 
praying for those like Bobby and praying for their, her family and and you know that's that's not an attack but it's a heartache we're praying in uni unity for for them but when uh when we see circumstances we're praying for Israel right pray all of you are praying for Israel and just just praying in unity lifting up uh the nation of Israel God's people when we have uh, problems that come our way as that are that are of great magnitude, we tend to to pray more in unity. When we have um, challenges before us that God is calling us to do in ministry, I remember Guatemala when we went, we felt the pre presence and the power of prayer holding us together and 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 just moving us across the country, and that was a wonderful time. But my point is, is that we need to be praying for one another in unity as we stand bold for Jesus. We need to, we need to take, not just hear that, but say, you know what, that's an urgency that we stand for God, that we stand bolder for him. We can all become bolder, right? And remember, when we stand in boldness, we stand in love. Don't ever be bold without love. Because anything without love is not worth it. That's what the scripture teaches us. So always do it from a heart of love. And so we need to um, pray together when the hard times come, when the, when the challenges come, and when the uh, need is uh, obvious that we all are to bond together and, and unite together as brothers and sisters in Christ doing his work. We see other instances of, of corporate prayer or prayer with a group of people in the Bible. When Peter was arrested, the church was praying for him in Acts 12.5. It says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. If you and I were in prison because we share Jesus Christ, I certainly would hope that we would know and have brothers and sisters praying for us. Right? I'm alive by God's grace, but I'm also convinced that it's the power of the prayer of brothers and sisters in Christ that, that has surrounded me, that's kept me exactly how God wants me to be. I don't know how the dynamic works. God can do what he wants, but the prayers of the saints are honored and they're valuable to God and they're remembered. And so uh, the church's prayer did something. It yielded miraculous results. An angel was sent to release Peter from his chains and imprisonment. Is that experiencing God? <laughs> I should say so. And, and dire straits, no pun intended, because he's shackled probably. And an angel comes and, and rescues him. If anything, from the prison of itself. How many of you would love that experience not necessarily jail but seeing an angel come to your rescue i mean that's that's powerful it might be scary but at the same time exhilarating spiritually like wow god has paid attention and he, not only has he paid attention but he's intervened and god has showed that he's directed his angel to act on my behalf for god's glory and we start seeing god intervene and work in our lives because of our faith and our stance for jesus our faith grows. Did Peter's faith grow? I bet you anything. Did his witness to that grow as he shared what God did? 
I bet. Does this account that we're reading and taking note of do something to our spirit and our heart? Wow, God cared so much. So God uses our experiences not just for ourselves, but for others and for his kingdom work. And I praise God and praise God for that. This gathering of Christians in Acts chapter 4, they prayed with one mind, with no strife, and in unity. When we're all together, and we're focused together, and we're praying together, and we're united together, and we're before the throne of God in prayer corporately together, praying, there's power. Now, now I have to... Have to say something that sure we're praying for Israel sure we're praying for individuals sure we're praying as we ought to we're brothers and sisters in Christ but corporately when we come together with with an agreement and one mind and one spirit and one body we, we will pray together whether it's under uh, someone leading in prayer or corporately and I would love to rather see more people praying in a group prayer we do that in non-formal settings don't we where we get together, there's someone needs prayer. There was a phone call that came in a while back. I can't remember who it was. It was Chris, right? And, and they asked for prayer. And so on the phone, and the, the, those that were over there at Craft Day, I was eating lunch at that time, and, and the ladies stood up and they called me over. And we all prayed together individually for her. And God answered her prayer while on the phone. God met that need. That's corporate prayer. That's a, a unison of one mind, one body. There's power in that corporate body of prayer. And that's what God wants us to do. That's what Peter did. He got out of prison. He went and he met with the, the disciples, told them what happened. In the meantime, the disciples are praying. They were all in one place praying for him corporately. Okay? That's power. And that's what we uh, have opportunity to experience in Christ, is that power of the, the, the results of, of corporate prayer and the unity of the body of Christ. What does it say in Matthew 18, 19, uh, chapter 18, verses 19 through 20? Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Stop right there before we read the rest of that. If you and I agree together, I want a million bucks, and I'm going to ask God for a million bucks, and we both agree, and we pray it in Jesus' name. We're not praying in Jesus' name, because in Jesus' name, it means the name of Jesus. Praying in Jesus' name means praying according to his character according to who he is, according to God's values, God's principles. When we pray in one accord, knowing that the Spirit of God has confirmed in our heart that what we are asking is good and correct and pleasing to God, and we come together and we pray in unity that way, God honors what he already knows is good and pleasing to him. So it's not, a, it's not the genie lamp. Hey, come around. We could sure use this. Let's ask God. It's all being agreement. You can have all your heart into it, but it's not tied into the Spirit of God. And it has to be tied into the, to the agreement of the Spirit of God. And that's what was being done here. 
Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. I remember years back when I had back surgery, I think Tammy came to the hospital and visited Kathy and I, and she prayed for us. And there, the Spirit of God was prevalent. Just like it is when we pray for others and we come together. We, we, we witness the Spirit of God in our midst praying for each other. We're praying in accordance to Him and His will. We're praying in His name and His character. We're praying in His Spirit and in His values. And God honors that. There's real power in agreement in prayer. Real power in, in the presence of Jesus. When we're united with heaven and earth by his spirit and prayer, praying for what God agrees for us to pray for, to call upon him, there is power and there is, there is evidence by the answer and the effects of that prayer. Amen. And so we can praise God for that. In the ancient Greek, agree is literally to symphonize. Jesus wants us to pray so we complement each other like a great orchestra. So when, when the, that group held hands and, and prayed in a circle holding a phone, praying for, for Chris, and they're praying their individual prayers, it was like a symphony of prayer. What's a symphony? I, a symphony should sound really great. And when we're praying in accordance to God's design and purpose and will, and unison with his spirit, it's music to God. It's music to God. Prayer is so powerful, especially corporate prayer, individual prayer as well. There is power and agreement or unity of mind and spirit when we pray together that way. It doesn't take 100 people to make it happen. It, doesn't, it only takes two or three gathered together in his name to experience his power through corporate prayer. Right? You value prayer? Obviously you do. You value prayer when people pray for you? Obviously you do. Have you seen the effects of prayer in your life? Obviously you do. Right? Amen. Amen. Why did the apostles, why did the apostle, what did the apostles do in this prayer in Acts chapter 4. Look at Acts chapter 4 verse 25 and 26. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. What am I talking about? When they were praying together about uh, God being creator, what, how, that prayer that we prayed together. There you go. This was also incorporated in that prayer, okay? And this was a, 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 a passage out of Psalm chapter 2. And they incorporated the scripture into the prayer. So we're just, we're just going along with this prayer that was prayed, okay? So um, Psalm 2 uh, expressed complete confidence in God and his victory, so let me back up. Like the apostles, we need to include scripture in our prayers. Okay? 
They read, they, they included that in, in Acts 4, 25 and 26. They prayed in light of the scriptures. They quoted Psalm 2. The apostles believed that the, the words of King David recorded in Psalm 2 were actually the words of the Lord. Why? Because every word of God is inspired by him. Right? It's God's word. And we're to cling to it. You've heard me say it before, I hope, because I've said it, but, but we, we need to understand that there is, a, there is a, a great resource when we pray that we incorporate prayer. Not, duh, uh, scripture. Okay, good thing to incorporate prayer. <laughs> yeah, no, but when we're praying and we remember a scripture to go along with what we're praying about, there's power in it because we're not just putting our words up to God, we're lining our words with his words. See, now there's power. Now there's greater power, I should say. That now there's the, the alignment with the Spirit of God and the Word of God that we're praying in accordance to Him and His character. So I would challenge you to ask the Lord, help me to learn how to pray by incorporating Scripture into my prayer. That, that you would bring to my mind, my attention. A script. You may not know the reference, but you will know the point of the Scripture. Bring it to your attention, Lord. Ask them to bring it to your attention and to include it in your prayer. So, like the apostles, we need to include scripture in our prayers. I got a little ahead there. Psalm 2 expressed complete confidence in God and his victory. We're talking about the rulers of the day that were, that were opposing the apostles preaching and teaching Jesus and his word. And so they, they pulled out Psalm 2 as a psalm that, uh, that David had sung, right? And in that, in that they, they worshiped God. They included a scripture. They acknowledged God. So again, Psalm 2 expressed complete confidence in God and his victory. You said it, Lord, and we are holding on to it. It's your word, and your word is true, and we can rely on it. When we pray, we must see our circumstances in light of God's word. Shed light on your prayer life through the understanding of God's word and its incorporation into your prayer. The apostles saw the religious leaders' actions the same as the rulers in Psalm 2. Not just against them, but the attack was against the Lord. Follow that? They saw that Psalm 2, David wrote that about the rulers coming against God. They were paralleling that to the rulers of the day coming against the apostles, but not just against them as if to think that they were the focal point. It's against Jesus. We always need to remember that. And when we stand up for God, that if the attacks come our way because we stand bold for Jesus, the attacks are not against Terry Glover or you. The attacks are against the word, which is the word became flesh and we beheld him. The attacks are against God, Jesus. The rejection is against him. You may not like that we're the messenger or the carrier, right? But, it's, but the depth of it is against God. Now I'll just remind you that if you, you can pull up on... Uh, the, the various books and lists of scripture on the internet that you, or in the back of your Bible sometimes, there are categories of sections that have prayers for specific needs. 
Your Bible might have that in there. But you might consider if something's really heavy on your heart and you want to pray to God about it, and obviously you would be, but that you want to incorporate scripture, go look it up. Go look it up. So, but there's some scriptures I need to look at that I can incorporate into my prayer time about this matter as I bring it to God. So let's read the next line of their prayer in Acts 4, 27 and 28. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. The apostles recognized that the, that the conflict, the affront of the rulers against them were preordained. Just like those that were opposing Jesus was preordained. He already knew that they were going to do that. So already, what does that do for you and I as far as courage and boldness? Hey, God already knows what's coming against us. God has allowed what's coming against us. And we stand in him and in his word and we be his representative. Be bold, right? Know that God's sovereign. God's got, God is saying, hey, I already know all about this. It's part of the work that I'm doing and you're a part of it. Praise God. We should praise God for that. Because the apostles understood that God was sovereign and in control of everything, they prayed with that understanding. That's why we can go to God and say, God, thank you for this circumstance. You know, it says rejoice in tribulation. Man, that's a tough one for years here. Why would I want to rejoice in tribulation? There are a lot of reasons. But when we know that the tribulation is allowed by God and God's doing a good work through it, we can rejoice in it even if we don't know the why. Just be faithful. Like the apostles, we need to recognize that the enemy attacks never operate outside of the sphere of God's control. Is that helpful? Does that help encourage us to say, you know what? I'm not an island. I'm not alone here. I'm not being beat up over here and God's not seeing it. No, God has allowed. God is sovereign. And God, is, God sees us and he says, you know what? God has, more, hey, God has more faith in you and I than we do in ourselves when it comes to standing for him. He knows we're stronger than what we think we are in him. He knows we can handle more than what we think we can handle because the scripture says that he doesn't give us more than what we can handle, but how many times have we said, hey, I've had enough? <laughs> how much more can you stretch this elastic of faith? God says, I can stretch it a little bit more because I want you to see that you are more faithful than you think. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. Knowing this and praying this way brings us peace. God's sovereign. God's in control. God is allowing us. God fully aware. God is with me. God is using me. God is orchestrating what he wants to, to work his work in and through our lives for his glory. We can trust him in his wisdom. We can trust his love for us. We can, can't we? We can trust him for his wisdom. Lord, I don't get it, but you do. Praise God. <laughs> Number two, I trust you because you love me. It's not a shaded love. There's not a, not, not a shadow of turning. 
There's no shaded love. It's, it's, it's a, the full love that we don't comprehend that he has for us. So the apostles have stated their case to God and now make their petition to the Lord in Acts 4, 29 and 30. Now, Lord, look on their threat threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. I love that. You know why? They didn't say, forget it. They didn't turn their backs, tuck their tails, and run high and far. They stood bold. They stood bold for Jesus. They said, now, Lord, look on their threats. Okay, Lord, you know what's going on here. So look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Lord, let us, let us approach it head on. Let us grab the bull by both horns. Let us be bold and strong as, as you want us to be, but give us that strength, right? To be bold and to speak your word. And verse 30, by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. God isn't just allowing us to go through these challenges of boldness and the, and the, and the things that confront us for no reason, obviously. God is doing a good work, as I've already said. But the, the idea, we want to see the wonder of Jesus. We want to see the power of God. We want to see the love of God. We want to see God impact lives for him and bring him glory. And if we can be a part of that and be that vessel that God uses to, to, to reveal himself and, and bring others to a right relationship with, with God, praise God for that. Praise God for that. They didn't ask for their enemies to be eliminated, did they? Boy, I've, I've taken that route before. Knock them flat, Lord. Just knock them flat. I knock them silly, and I just, you know, walking around because I was mad, you know, that type of thing. But you know what? God, God says, no, Terry. Pray for them. Pray that God works in their lives, changes their hearts, helps them to see truth, helps them to know me, helps them to, to experience the new life I have for them. It's worth, it's worth it all. Stand strong, be bold, right? They, what did they ask for? They asked for bold, boldness in prayer. Like the apostles, we need to pray for boldness to witness and power to do God's work. Is anybody here confident they have enough boldness? Uh-uh. How many, how many of you will face, find yourselves hearing God say, go and witness to that person, and you're like, this is scaring me to death. You mean, I don't even know them. Well, give me a break. I mean, I, I was talking <laughs> with, with uh, you might know, see Casey. I was talking with Casey, Casey yesterday, and I said, you know, there are times in my walk where I say, God, just make it easy. Make it just smooth. Make it just natural to share Jesus. I mean, I love it. Lord, I'm weak. I need your help. <laughs> and it's true. But just, just use me in a way that it just slides like butter right in place, and I present you, and I present the gospel, and it's well received. Sometimes God gives that to me. It just pops out. Other times he says, that person. And I'm like, that person? They look kind of rough. 
I don't know them. I have no clue what their reaction is going to be. They're going to think I'm a nut. <laughs> or some Jesus freak. Praise God, I am. Right? God says, I know. But we have to understand he's sovereign. He's ordained it. He's leading us to stand bold for him. So when we're, when we're having that struggle, when I'm having that struggle, because there are times I've looked at that and I've responded and I've actually shared the gospel with a person and they've prayed that prayer, whether genuine or not, I don't know that God knows what it was, right? I did what God told me to do. But there are times when I've walked away because I was too chicken and not relying on God, and I walked away, and then I was convicted for not doing what God called me to do. I think we've all been there, right? We need to pray for that boldness. And the apostles prayed for that the apostle, you think the apostles would have that in the bag, wouldn't you? I mean, they, they were with Jesus three years. They, they've seen them. They've seen it all. I would think that they would have such boldness that they would be, there'd be no challenge. Just plow right through it. No, these are the apostles praying for boldness. Now, if the apostles are praying for boldness, we need to pray for boldness, right? And rely on God. Like the apostles, we need to pray for boldness to witness and power to do God's work. God has empowered us to do what he wants us to do. Always remember, God will never call us to do something that he has not already equipped us to do. He will not say, go wash that car and I'll give you soap and water to do it. You know what I'm saying? He's going to provide what you need to do the job. We have to just trust him. Are we, as a corporate body, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as members of this church, praying that we would be bolder as a church, bolder as individuals? It's just a reminder we need to pray that way. We need to pray that way, not to forget that. That, that we will recognize that God wants to use us in powerful ways as a witness of the power of God and to use us in ways that are effective that bring him glory. Here's a question. Have you ever prayed for miraculous gifts of power to increase your witness for Jesus? What do I mean by that? Maybe God works in your life in a way that, you, that there's no other reasoning except look what God did. Maybe we need to pray for those things that God we can say, God, do work in my life that I can point out and say that's what God did. Forewarning. Usually that involves real challenge. Usually that involves circumstances that are beyond our control. Usually, whether health or whatever the case, whatever, just say, God, orchestrate in my life the things that you want to that I can rely on you and have the faith to go through that. I know what you're thinking. You know, you're just asking for trouble. Don't ask that. But see, Lord, I, I want to experience you so that I can say, look what God did so I can be bolder for you. That's where boldness comes from. It's like, look what Jesus did. Hey, I'm not ashamed of that. Look at that. And God will use our experiences that way.
But again, to pray for a miraculous gift of power. Now, when I walked up to the guy at the gas station that was um, homeless and a little threatening to me, I had a choice. Do I do what God's leading me to do or not? And if I do what God's telling me to do and I don't feel able to, then I rely on God's power. So I relied on God's power, God's power, and the guy listened to me and received Christ. But that's just God's, that's what we're to do. Whether it was genuine or not, I don't know. You know, we just do what God calls us to do. I think as Christians, we've settled for half-truths that Satan's put out there in the churches, meaning that we're not in, in, in embracing the fullness of the power of God in our life that God wants us to experience in him. We're just, we're, we're content with just the norm. I don't want to live the norm. I want to live the, 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 the abnormal life. I know what you're thinking, I'm already there. But I just, it's the, the because it's the experience of Jesus that's abnormal. It's, it's not the normal life. It's, it's the experience of Jesus. And I want to experience that more and more. God doesn't change. So why would signs and wonders and impossibility be an impossibility today? And you say, well, that's the first century church. There are things in the first century church that were identified with the first century church. But, but we're not to take it to the degree that we, we forget that God is God and that he's miraculous and that he can do miraculous things remember Flo and Gil back a few years ago how many times was her cancer removed multiple times and she knew it she said that's prayer we're praying God took it out gone and I'm sure we all have heard of or experienced the power of God in the answer prayer I want to embrace that I want to see God I want to encounter him. I want to bear witness to who he is by those experiences and not settle for the norm or just enough to make me feel warm. But I want, to, I want all that I can feel overflowing with, with, with that passion and that excitement of Jesus. That's what I choose. That's what I want. I pray, pray we all would look for that. If these signs and wonders, they were effective in helping to spread the gospel in the beginning of the church, why wouldn't they be now? Why can't we say this is a miracle? Where was it that somewhere along the line that Southern Baptists don't believe in miracles? We're too straight for that? I don't know. We're not, we don't, this denominational stuff needs to go out the window. Let's just be true to the word. God can do what he wants to do. Right? So, God can do the miracles now. We've seen it in our church. We've seen it in our lives. But I pray that we see more of it. I want to look at God's response. This is our last. God's response to the apostles' prayers, okay? God's response to the apostles' prayers. In Acts 4.31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. <laughs> and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. 
Can you imagine us being here praying and looking so intently on Jesus, calling out to his name, and the building starts to shake, but none, but it's just a response. We know it's a response to the power of God to our prayer. If you did that right now, what would you do? <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. God, God not only did a miracle, but he also prepped them and they spoke the word of God with boldness. The experience gives us boldness. God gave them an earthquake. You don't know if it was just where they were at or if it was widespread. But, it's an, but it was an obvious sign that God was listening to them because they were praying a prayer that glorified God. And even better than that sign was the answer from God. He filled them with the Holy Spirit. If you experience the power of God work in your life in an abnormal way, you get what I'm saying? We know that God did that. What does that do to your faith? Does it water it down? You just kind of pass it off? No, you're charged. You're charged. Wow, I can't believe what God did. That's awesome. That's the life. God wants us to experience more and more in him. What better answer could one get than that? That God shook them up, filled them with the Holy Spirit, and prepared them to be bold. We are all given the Holy Spirit when we receive Christ, right? Right? He indwells us. We're living temples of God. But this filling of the Spirit is an extra gift of power or gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. When God commissions us to do something, even as simple as going to witness to the guy that I'm afraid to witness to, when I say yes and rely on God, the sense of God's power carrying me, God's empowering. That's part of the experience of living for Jesus. And we can praise him for that. Absolutely praise him for that. That filling of the Spirit for a specific mission, a specific purpose, a specific action, a, a specific deed that God wants you to do, but you can only do in and through his power. He equips us with that. When we used to go door knocking and going around, we would go in the power of Jesus. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And we were going in the name of Jesus and asking that God would use us. You know, we got Juan and Christina from that. We got Armando and, and uh, Jennifer, thank you. And, 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 and those two families were touched. And it's well worth it. Pray without ceasing. Amen. The apostles were going to need this to keep witnessing boldly. And, and what were the results of God's answer to the prayer? Read this last part again. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. If we're going to speak boldness, then we have to experience Jesus. But we can ask God for the boldness to stand bold for him so let's start seeking prayer with our church family 
and pray for boldness and power to witness. Let's eagerly await God's response. What do I mean by that? Nothing wrong with pulling a brother or sister or two aside with you and say, I need, we need to pray together. I've got this. I need, I need God to inter- intercede and I need you to pray with me. There's power in that. There's unity in that. There's love in that. And there's glory that brings, that, that brings glory to God as a result through that. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each one here today. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit, for loving us and with your warmth and your presence and your truth and your light and never leaving us nor forsaking us, always being there as uh, you are our Heavenly Father and we are your children forever. And Lord Jesus, you know everything that we go through, not just because you're God, but because as a human, you know the human equation. 100% God, 100% man, on earth, walking in victory. And because of that, you live in us that we can walk in victory and in power and in boldness. Help us to do that, Father, as we rely on you. We ask it in the name of Jesus. God's people said.